0: Two Tassie teachers talking acknowledges Tasmanian Aborigines as the traditional owners of this island, Lutruwita, Tasmania. We are recording this episode at Nipaluna, the country at and around Hobart, around the country of the Muanina people. We honour those old people and all the original people of Lutruwita and the Tasmanian Aboriginal community of today who remain owners of these lands. Hello and welcome to our podcast called Two Tassie Teachers Talking. I'm Adam James and with me is James MC McLeod. Good afternoon, MC. <laughs> good afternoon, DJ. How are you? Oh, I'm not going to let that drop. We are we are going to make this work, MC. We're going to make these name tags stick. Is that right? Okay. Uh,
1: well, I'm happy with MC.
0: Good. Well, I'm happy, I'm happy with DJ. you so got it. It's done. It's fixed. It's now official. Yep. I know I've deviated from script a couple of times and I apologise. Let me uh, begin today's episode by saying, how are you, sir?
1: Oh, I'm really well. I've enjoyed the welcome back to school. I think uh, the students that I've seen have been really pleased to get back to school and get into it, and uh, I'm sure our grades 7s to 10 are looking forward to coming back next week.
0: That's right, after a public holiday. Yeah. I was on yard duty this morning, and I have to say, in terms of uh, Hobart weather turning it on, autumn weather on in Sandy Bay, in Hobart, is glorious. I was outside. I, you were probably in a meeting, but I was outside uh, and it was spectacular. Thank you, Hobart. It's been delightful. Who's with us today, James?
1: Well, we've got Matt Magnus, school counsellor, Hutchins School counsellor. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me, Adam. It's great to have you, Matt. Welcome aboard. So, Matt, you're the Hutchins School counsellor, One of two, yes. Okay. Would well, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what you do and what keeps you busy and, uh, and how you go about it at the Hutchins School? Sure. So um,
2: there are two school counsellors as of Five years ago, there was a second position on top of the existing counselling position that Dean Docking held and still holds. And that position was specifically for year nine to 12 students. And and that's the position that I started and have been developing over the past five years. At that time, James, I know you were part of those discussions. There was um, a growing awareness that particularly for that age group in the school, there was a real need for more dedicated resources in the support and mental health area. I've been lucky enough to have that role and, and see it grow in lots of different and often unexpected ways. So
1: Yeah, and may I say that you have been such a welcome addition and the work you do is just key to allowing our school and our boys to to run and our, and our staff. You do a lot of work with the staff as well. Yeah, I, I wonder... Do you think it's just in the last few years we've found that there is a greater need or do you think perhaps there's always been a need, it's just that society's changed a little bit and uh, and maybe particularly boys talk a little bit more about things and uh, don't bottle things up as much?
2: It, it, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think it's impossible to answer, but mm. I often think that you know the, the issues we're dealing with now are issues that have always been been there for people, but we probably live in quite an exciting time, especially for the way young boys are growing up into a society where speaking about your feelings, opening up, sharing with others, in Western society at least, is much more promoted, accepted. And so we're seeing the conversations and the thoughts that might have been hidden away much yep. more open and, and hopefully allowing young people to work through issues in, in ways that they may not have in the past. And at the same time, we do live undoubtedly in a very complex time in history with multiple factors to negotiate. Um, and that was even before coronavirus. Yeah. So I think we're seeing greater openness, greater willingness to share the burden of, of struggles. Um, and even in the five years I've been here, I've seen with each year group a greater willingness to to seek help when they need it. And it may be with the counselor, it may be with their mentor, it may be finding a trusted friend. But I think there is a in the culture of Hutchins, but I think more broadly in society, yeah,. A gr- greater willingness to do that.
1: And I think actually one of the things you've done and I know Dean Docking has done and Alan Dear before him have been very good for staff in um, you know helping them themselves and, and talking through difficulties they may be having, but enabling staff to feel more comfortable to be able to talk in the right way with students. I know I really appreciate the uh, amount of time you've given me to just help think through how we might go about dealing with a A situation with a student or a parent or a um, a fellow staff member and another student or whatever it happens to be. Mm. That's a great thing that you've brought to the senior school. Thanks, James. I mean, I
2: I had been working in counselling in the community sector probably for 10 years before being here. Funnily enough, I actually went back to study counselling with the intention of becoming a school counsellor, but then I ended up in different sorts of roles. But now that I'm in this role, what i one of the things I really love about it is counseling by necessity has to be, you know, confidential and sort of separated yes. off to the extent that it protects the student or the client who needs to talk privately. But there's a real collegiality and cooperative way of working that we have here that just adds so much more to what we can provide for For the students. And it also makes it a really enjoyable working environment for being able to sort of share different perspectives rather than sort of work each of us working in isolation. So, you know, the teaching staff have a whole set of skills and insights into the students that I don't possess and then hopefully I bring something and together I think when it's working well, we actually come up with really good outcomes.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that's fantastic. So I have a bit of confusion, I guess. Uh, is a school counsellor a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Like I hear all these terms, I'm not quite sure what what who do, who's doing what. Could you clarify that for us? Sure.
2: So um, look, it varies in different schools, even within Tasmania. I believe in the state system, they often employ social workers and psychologists in the student welfare roles. Hutchins has traditionally had people from a counselling background. So really, you could be in a role like this and be qualified in counselling, social work, potentially youth work, psychology, obviously less likely to be a psychiatrist. So there's a range of pathways to doing similar work, each of which have um, training, which emphasizes different things, but ultimately you're there to support the client that you're working with and hopefully have a good sort of theoretical basis with which to do that.
0: Sure. What does that support look like? Do you, do you just listen or are you, you don't medicate? Because I think that's a psychiatrist, but uh, what does support look like, I guess, is a big, broad, hard question. That is a big,
2: big, broad, hard question. So
0: support can look very different depending
2: on who walks through the door. It hopefully starts with some good listening and trying to be free of any assumptions about that person or their situation or trying too quickly to find solutions. So there's a, for me, a period of trying to take in the experience of the other person and, and understanding what they're describing and understanding what they're wanting. Um, sometimes they don't necessarily know exactly what they want and that's fine and part of the process is to draw that out of them as well. So I talk about it with students who haven't been to counselling before as being very much a conversation but it, it's not your everyday on the street conversation, it's a guided conversation where the counselor's role is to be fully supportive of The needs of their client, trying their best to understand the world as they see it and how they're going to move from where they are now to the place they want to be. Sometimes I'll try and explain a bit about the process um, if they need some clarification about that. And then there is a level of conversation where there's backwards and forwards, and I possibly put out different options of, you know, have you considered this? Or I wonder if this thing over here that you're describing might have some connection with the issue that you're experiencing here. So looking for possible connections, helping the the client to develop their own insights. I think it's always more powerful when the person has the realization for themselves. And our job is to sort of facilitate that discovery.
0: Yeah. Well, that sounds like it's pretty intense. Like some of the conversations I imagine are, are really emotionally engaging for you and uh, while, you know, you're, you're just talking to people but also you're fully engaged and, and fully emotionally aware and uh, it would be really intense sort of do you need a break after a big conversation or are you ready to go? <sighs> oh,
2: yeah, you need, you need to pace your, yourself and it is intense but it, it can run even in the space of an hour with a client it can go through many different phases it can have moments of Humor and moments of really strong emotion and um, everything in between. So it's dynamic. It requires, I think, for the counselor to be, yeah, really tracking what's going on for the client and for themselves, because you're going to have your own responses. There's going to be certain things that resonate for you from your own experience. And then, you know, what do you do with that as you're listening to someone tell you their story? So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I think training and experience and good supervision that we need to get on a regular basis all helps to strengthen the ability to sort of bounce back from difficult conversations and yeah and it helps to really enjoy the job so that gets you through too.
0: Absolutely and I guess seeing some good outcomes for for the students you know you've worked with and you can through the house system I guess, work with the, the key staff and get some good good outcomes. And-
2: it's Yeah, it's wonderful to see good outcomes. And again, compared to my previous experience in working more in the community sector, in a school environment, you're more likely, I think, to see the outcomes. Because mm-hmm. if, if I started working with someone in year nine, and there's someone I just saw this morning, very much like this, I, they actually started coming to see me Before they were in senior school, it um, popped in a few times in year eight. They're now in year 12 and we can now reflect on, wow, look at how different life is for you. The things that were such a big struggle a few years ago are still there, but but so much better managed, so much more perspective and maturity. And that's just lovely and very satisfying for me and hopefully helps them to have a place where they can sort of chart their progress with someone else.
1: You mentioned seeing students in the current day. What about our current times? Are they, I mean, sounds a bit callous, but have you had your door knocked down in recent times because people are stressed uh, about online learning, about returning to school, about being away from people? I don't know. I imagine there were a lot of triggers. Mm. Did you see an upturn in business?
2: (laughs) I mean, it it, it all really started for us really only two months ago when it was... yeah. Which is such a short amount of time, right. and yeah. and I know for myself, and I've had this conversation with students and other adults that nearly feels too soon to completely such a good make point. sense of. So, in the time of remote learning, I was doing. All of my sessions on the phone or, or using Teams. And In your home office, which from was your, your car? Home car office. Yes. We, we talk, <laughs> it's a mobile we, office. Yeah,
1: we talked from <laughs> your car.
2: Yes, yes. Um, the cone of silence. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I think at that time, possibly for everyone, and, and certainly for the students I was speaking to, they were just trying to get through each day. And, and motivation was a real challenge, mm. being separated from their friends. A big surprise for a lot of them was how much they actually missed school and yeah. and being physically on site. So there weren't that many conversations directly about the impact of the pandemic, and I think that's to be expected. More people in the last week since being back have have probably raised it from the vantage point of um, returning to school. And I'm predicting that there'll be more conversations in the coming months about what
1: was that, <laughs> what's happened, what does do, that do mean? Do you think there will also be, perhaps you sort of said, uh, there's been two months and it's a short period of time. Mm. Do you think we'll see down the track some effects that perhaps building of anxiety... Um, and the strengthening of those feelings uh, as perhaps, I don't know, the stress of exams comes on mm. or results or the fact that people have missed a year of their sport that they're, you know, which could have been a very important developmental mm. one. I, th- I can see there's a lot of things coming there, up.
0: There's a lot of things. Yeah, I know I know from my perspective as a parent of young children, I'm sort of, and, and I know you can't answer this because it's so far into the future, but has the time where Now we're encouraging our children to sort of socially distance. We're encouraging maintaining those spaces and and a lot of hand washing, which is great, should do that anyway. But the the distance thing, I guess I'm I'm curious about whether that's going to have a long-term effect on, you know, relationship building and mm. uh, those connections with other people that I want for my children, but I, I can't help them to grow right now because it's not necessarily, it's, it's not safe to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we have any of the answers yet. No, and, no, and I'm not and, trying and to put you on the spot for no, an answer. Uh, that seems mean, but... Uh, there's been, I mean, going through my mind, there's, yeah, there's so many questions about what does social distancing mean for us longer term, what does the experience of having done all of your schooling online for two months, does that make you want to do more of that or never go yeah. near a computer again? Or both. Or both. Yeah. Does the experience increase anxiety in a really unhelpful way that has longer-term impact and or is this a real re- resilience-building experience for, for people? Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- there's so much up in the air, I think, and what I've been trying to do is sort of acknowledge whatever the experience is for people because each of us is going to sort of make sense of this in such different ways.
0: How can someone get in touch with you if they, I mean, obviously they need to be going to the school. We're, we're not unfortunately able to offer services to the whole community, but uh, but for the students or, or anyone in the life of a student who they think your services or or dean services might be really valuable, could you talk us through how they might make contact and who, who they would contact uh, for what ages and all that sure. stuff? Sure.
2: So, The two school counsellors pretty much divide the school into pre-kinder to year eight and that's Dean Docking and then myself year nine to 12. There is some overlap there obviously but the easiest for a student is either through their teacher directly in person to go to the counselling office, if they know where that is, email. But we try to make it as seamless as possible. So from time to time, a student might have a support person, one of their mates come along if they're nervous about meeting the school counsellor for for the first time. We might have a meeting with their mentor or key staff member and myself, to kind of break the ice initially, we try to engage with families and, and, and the support system for the student as much as possible so that, you know, we, we, we're very conscious that the school can provide some solutions but are only part of the student's life. So families are very welcome to engage with us, even if the student never comes themselves. They might just want to talk about some things that are going on for their son. So there's there's many options um, yeah, and, sure. and, the, and the main thing I think is to create the culture of um, making use of that support whenever people feel the need and to never prejudge themselves for and I do hear this from time to time when people might think oh my issues aren't deserving of the counsellor's time or you know there are people who have bigger problems who should be sitting in that office um, I think that we need to kind of get rid of those sorts of thoughts and if, if someone has a genuine desire to get some stuff off their chest, then they're a perfect candidate for accessing the service.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I know, MC, you're an assistant head of senior school, so you have a pastoral load to your job as well. You would have probably referred students at different times... Over to Matt or Dean.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, as Matt's probably covered a little bit, but we might use Matt or Dean in any number of ways. We might have a student who is talking with us or talking with their mentor, but they actually just don't want it to go much further. They found someone to talk with, but we need some strategies. We need to actually know um, that we're really keeping these people, you know, these guys safe and that we are uh, helping them. And that's that balance, Matt. You probably might be able to touch on this a little bit. More because it'd be so much uh, that balance between perhaps talking with people and coming up with strategies, but the confidentiality mm, side of mm, things. And mm. as soon as a student feels that these, re- you know, personal details, as we all are, uh, we're sensitive to being, you know, have our personal lives talked about in, you know, by other people. So the trust, building the trust and keeping it, big challenge for you as well. But that, oh, and as I say, Adam, that's there's a sort of level. There, where we as assistant heads of senior school or as mentors or within the house or we, we, we will help students. But we recognise when it's it's that level where we really need to get, you know, ask the student if they'd come and talk with Matt. And can I just, I'll just quickly sure. just say, I'll throw to you, Matt, in a minute, but I just know that I asked a student the other day, said, um, I'd like you to talk with Mr Magnus about that. And he said, look, I don't think I will. I don't, I don't. Don't I don't think I need to do that. We walked to my office, sat down, and he said, That's the think time. It was about forty five seconds. He said, Actually, I think I would like to see Mr. Magnus. Now the first initial rebuff was almost a automatic thing of I don't need to talk to someone else and then he came and saw you and it was fantastic outcome. That's great.
2: And I and I think in the in the bigger picture, and this goes much further back into Hutchins' history than since I've been here that there has been, there have been people really promoting that um, help-seeking behaviour, and you know we we have a strong relationship with Speak Up to Stay Chatty. Yes, Are You Okay Day is 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 a you know firm event each year, and I think in the background they they're the things that then hopefully encourage that student on that day to go any anxiety I might have about talking to someone can be overcome because my mates are talking about doing similar things. Um, It's less intimidating. It's less stigmatised than it once was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what we really want to keep fostering.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, on Two Tassie Teachers Talking, Matt. It's been wonderful having you in the studio with us and we really appreciate your time and insights. Listeners, if you'd like to get involved, have any questions or there's something that you'd like us to talk about, you can email us using podcast at hutchins.tas.edu.au. Next episode, we look forward to catching up with some key members of the cleaning team, Mr. McLeod, Mr. MC. Look forward to that. It's going to be great. So uh, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to talking to you next time.